I'm so blessed to be here, and I get to share on faithfulness. And I have to be honest, when Denise asked me to share, like, I started sweating. (laughs) My hands, my palms, um, my heart rate uh, rapidly went up. Um, Just like how Catherine felt last week, I got so nervous, and and it took me a while to get back to her. I think it took me two weeks. She emailed me and says, you know, I really want you to to share. And of course, my first reaction was, no, I can't share. Um, This time of year for for my business is honestly the busiest time of year. I'm I'm a broker, and um, I do employee benefits. So we have open enrollment. Like, I'm working 60 hours a week. I can't share. And it's amazing how I instantly came up with 10 excuses why I couldn't share. And when she emailed me, she even gave me the opportunity to choose from one of the the five topics. So, but don't tell Leslie or Catherine that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So needless to say, after arguing with my mind and, you know, coming to the, you know, coming to the Lord, saying, Lord, I can't, um, finally the Lord worked on me and said, yes, you can. So I stepped out in faith, and I told her I would, so here I am. And I picked faithfulness, and I picked faithfulness because, you know, faithfulness is really the hallmark of a true Christian. And the Bible places high importance on faithfulness, and in Galatians 5.22, we read that faithfulness, or being faithful, It's one of the fruits of God's Holy Spirit, and it is created in us when we allow the Spirit to work. But before we dive into too deep, uh, just a couple of, you know, facts about me. Um, Been part of the Calvary Vista family for about 14 years, married to Pastor Mike. And it's funny, uh, Mary and I were just talking about my wedding day, um, gosh, um, 11 years ago. And I won't, I'll spare you the details, but... um, We had a surprise wedding, and uh, Mike had no idea we were getting married. And he was actually here at church at a Bible study, and um, I told him that I had a work function, and it's a black tie affair, so you better come in a tux. Don't show up in a suit. You had to come up in a a tux. And and, um, I had started a new job, so um, I said, you're going to meet my new boss. And he's like, well fine, but you better not leave my side. I said, okay, well, you know, be at the harbor at this time, um, be tucked up, ready to go. And so when he got there, uh, there was a gate and then the ocean and and a platform and like his family, I flew his family in from Louisiana, his sisters were there and, and he saw Pastor Howard who married us and opened up the gate and he's like, wait, why is Pastor Howard here? And he said, well, dude, you're getting married today. And Mike had to take a deep breath. <laughs> he did it, obviously. You know, almost 12 years later, we're, we're still married. Um, it, it's, it's fun surprising Mike. I mean, we were engaged, but he had no idea when. Like, and, and even that day, somebody came up to him and said, dude, what are you doing here? Aren't you supposed to be getting married today? And he's like, what are you talking about? And even that went over his head. So, so he's really easy to, to surprise. I've got a couple more, and I'll, I'll save those for another day. Um, but with that said, I'd like to take this opportunity, if it's, if it's okay, to give you a quick um, Spanish ministry update. Um, 
Currently, we are in the planning stages of our Walking with Jesus conference. This is a conference that we've been hosting for probably seven plus years. And we invite five or six Calvary Chapel pastors uh, from the Spanish churches to come and and share. And the focus is uh, walking with Jesus in different aspects of your life, like walking with Jesus in, in the home, at work, in the church. And so this conference is in March. So be praying for us. That's kind of a big thing, kind of the, the big thing we do. And also we are um, going to Peru in June. And that's really exciting. Um, so Mike and Rob Nash are in the planning stages of uh, the details, but the focus will be a, around a VBS-style um, children's event. And yesterday we were kind of talking about what we're going to do for the, the women. So we're planning some women's events. So um, looking forward to that trip. And God is really doing a work over there in the terrace room. Um, we have a lot of new families. The ministry is growing. And if you haven't visited one of our services, um, I invite you to come over. You don't have to speak Spanish. I don't speak Spanish, and I'm there every Sunday. So come and visit. Um, I will guarantee we will have some type of food there. I mean, they always put on a, a spread, and actually Mark, and I believe that's why Mark is part of our ministry. He, he likes the food, and, and Rob Nash. Um, yeah, we, Mark and I were just talking. Um, Wednesday's Mike's birthday, and the Spanish ministry is having a surprise party for him again, so don't say anything. Um, and they're putting on a spread. They're going to be making pupusas, which is Mark's favorite. It's um, a dish. I think it's from Nicaragua. Um, and just pozole, tamales, the whole spread. So we'll be partying over there while you guys are in Bible study. <laughs> um, and then a couple of fun facts about me. Um, I'm the youngest of 10. I'm from North County, so my family's here. Um, I have five sisters, four brothers. Uh, one brother already went home to be with the Lord. Um, and get this, my oldest sister is 29 years older than me. Um, one time, Kathy came to my house, and I was sharing my you know, my family with her. And she was just cracking up at my kitchen table for, like, I don't remember how long we were talking about it. But um, it was funny because I have nephews and nieces that are older than me. So, like, my mom and my sister having kids at the same time, I know it's weird, but um, that's the story of our life. Um, My mom's turning 91 this year. Yeah, her birthday is on Friday. And she's doing pretty good. Um, we're having a big celebration with her for her in a couple weeks. So um, Ida, her name's Ida. She's, she's doing good, and she's part of our Spanish ministry. She doesn't come anymore because she really can't walk, can't see, but she's there in spirit. And I have an 11-year-old daughter, Teddy Bear. I'm sure um, you've seen her. Um, she's been running around this church for years. Um, And she's grown up in this church like many of your kids have. Uh, She's slept in the old pews that we used to have here. Um, She's run up and down these halls. She's spent hours on the playground out there. And I told her the other day, you have spent so much time at this church that Pastor Steve's going to start charging you rent. (laughs) Um, But it really, it's been such a blessing to bring her up in this church family, Um, It's a blessing and it's a privilege. So uh, with that, why don't we pray? We'll get started and we'll dive in. So Lord, we just, I just thank you, God, for um, this time with these ladies. 
And Lord, I pray you would prepare their hearts um, for your word today. And God, I pray you would just use me as a vessel, Lord. Just um, give me the words to speak tonight, Lord. And I just pray that all of us, Lord, would uh, leave a changed person, Lord. So help us to get rid of anything that might be hindering us from hearing your word. We pray that there would be no distractions. And Lord, we just invite your Holy Spirit to be with us tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so here we go. So you've all heard the saying, there are two things in life that are certain, right? What are they? That's right, death and taxes. But tonight, because I'm speaking, I get to add a third one to the mix. So now there's three things that are certain, taxes, death, and change, right? Change is certain. Change is always happening. Um, Our relationships change. Our jobs change. Our bodies change. You know, things start to go south. Things start to wrinkle. Our hair color changes. Two weeks ago, I was like an orange, and now I'm, you know, I'm black now. I didn't mean to go black, but (laughs) I went black. Um, And we change. Um, I don't know about you, but change is hard for me. I like change, or excuse me, I like my life to be constant. I really don't like waves, and I certainly don't like drama. I like things to run smooth. But for the last three, four years, I've had a lot of change in my life. Um, I've lost a brother, and this one was kind of hard for us because we hadn't lost um, an immediate, anybody in our immediate family for over 40 years. My dad died 40 years ago, and since then I have not lost anybody. And so that one was hard. Um, We lost Mike's sister. Um, Maybe many of you probably knew Elva. She was part of this ministry for 20 plus years. We've moved. Um, Teddy's getting older. And as she's getting older, she's in that pre-teen stage. So, you know, attitude, um, (laughs) you know, the way she dresses is changing. The way she does her hair is changing. Her body's changing. Um, I took on a new role at work, so that means, you know, more responsibility. And I see my mom drastically changing from week to week. You know, like I said, she's 91 now. Um, She forgets our names. She can't see anymore. This year, she was diagnosed with cancer in her eye. Um, She can't be alone anymore. She falls. She's tired. You know, change is hard, and in many circumstances, it's painful, and it hurts. But whether we like it or not, Living this life involves change, constant change. Life is change. Whether our changes are hard or make us happy, change reminds us that this life is fragile, uncertain, and temporary. Change is a struggle, and the struggle is real. I feel like we're hard-pressed on all sides. You know, we have so much on our plate, and we are constantly juggling priorities, schedules, you name it. We're constantly juggling. So every so often, I sit back, try not to panic at the fact that there's just not enough day, enough time in the day to get things done. And today's finish line will become the starting line for tomorrow. So it's like over and over again. And so often, it's just one thing replacing another. Another fire to put out, another mountain to climb, And as a doer and a fixer, the to-do list is never-ending, and there's always something to improve or put back together. So in the midst of this craziness, I often question, like, 
how do we put things first? How do we put things in priority? How do we determine what's first? What is the priority? How do we manage to get everything done? So there have been times I've blamed busyness on my chaos, my mess, and my insanity. I've allowed busyness to take priority, which has interfered with my focus on the Lord. And I really believe it's because we have our hands in so many pots, and there's always so many things to get done, and everybody needs us. You know, we have our families, you know, like I have Mike, I have Teddy, I have my mom, my aging parent, um, my siblings. You know, I've got eight siblings I have to deal with. I have my job. We have the ministry. You know, and us women, we typically maintain the household. We, you know, we do the cleaning. We're the cooks. We do the grocery shopping. We're the CFOs. Um, Most of us do the finances. We're the Uber drivers, right? The vacation planners. When the kids get sick, we're the nurses. Um, The teachers. uh, Teddy's in fifth grade, and Mike cannot help her with her homework. So we're the teachers. Some of us are the gardeners. You know, the list goes on. You know, in 2018salary.com, published the salary for a stay-at-home mom at $162,581. And this, of course, is based on a 96-hour work week, not Monday through Friday, but Monday through Sunday, like every day of the week. There is no day off. They went on to say that stay-at-home moms are the most valuable workers um, in the country because their top qualities include uh, they genuinely care, they're goal-oriented, trustworthy, responsible, prepared, they're organized, proactive, and they have great time management skills. Now, the 96-hour work week that I just mentioned is for a stay-home mom, but there's many of us, like Diana, too, and you know, a lot of us who work a full-time job plus doing everything that a stay-at-home mom does. So we're busy people. And that's why sometimes I feel like slime. Do you guys know what that gooey stuff is? So let me explain why I feel like slime sometimes. So Teddy will be at our kitchen table, and, and I'll sit and watch her, and she makes, like, buckets and buckets of slime. So she, she gets that, the glue, and she, you know, she mixes it, she rolls it, she'll smash it, and she stretches it, and then puts it all back together, and it's this glob. And sometimes I think, man, I feel like that is my life in her hands right there because I feel like, you know, I'm being rolled. I feel like I'm being smashed, stretched. I feel like I'm being mixed. But in the end, I'm put back together because I have Jesus. In this uncertain, unstable life, our God doesn't change. Our God is the same in every circumstances, in our circumstance, through our busyness, in our trials, in our seasons. In Malachi 3, 6, says, for I, the Lord, do not change. You know, the Lord is our rock and he's our strength. He has always been and will always be. His plans don't change. His promises don't change. His faithfulness doesn't change. And in, chapter, in James chapter 117 says, Every good and p- perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like the shifting shadows. The English Standard Version, version says, There is no variation or shadow due to change. God's faithfulness is true and has been proven over and over in the Bible. Faithfulness is at the heart of all God is and does. 
His truthfulness, holiness, love, righteousness, and other attributes prove his faithfulness. He is incapable of being otherwise. He is faithful because that is who he is. Faithfulness is one of God's amazing characteristics. And the great thing about it is he loves us and we are his daughters. And we reap the benefits of his faithfulness. How great is that? And there are so many benefits that we reap because God is faithful. But just to mention a few, I mean, the first one is John three sixteen. God is faithful to us. He loves us so much that he gave his son for us, for our sins, for our salvation. We no longer need to worry about the future. Philippians 4, 6 says, be anxious for nothing. First Peter 5, 7 says, casting all your cares upon him for he cares for you. Another one is God's faithfulness brings preservation, protection, and deliverance. Psalm 31:23 says the Lord pre- preserves the faithful. Psalm 37:28 for the Lord will not forsake his faithful ones. They will be protected forever. And God's constantly working on us. Being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the la- the day of uh, Jesus Christ, Philippians 1.6. We become immovable. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved but abides forever, Psalm 125.1. And we experience joy. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with your joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. And this is Psalm 16.11. But did you know that our faithfulness also blesses God? I mean, we're blessed by his faithfulness, but our faithfulness blesses him. It's very clear from the scripture that God is looking for faithful men and women. God is physically, actively taking the initiative to look for faithful people. In 2 Chronicles 16.9, the word says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart are loyal to him. 1 Samuel 26.23 reads, The Lord rewards every man for his righteousness and faithfulness. Your reward is not based on your measure of faith, but also on your measure of faithfulness. God cherishes our faithfulness and rewards it. He's always looking to find a man who, is, who would be faithful to him. The Apostle Paul is one of my favorite writers, and most scholars credit Paul with the author of uh, 14 letters. He wrote about love. He wrote about unity, our conduct. He defended the gospel and beautifully penned the fruits of the Spirit. God's faithfulness seemed to be one of Paul's favorite subjects. When Paul wrote to the Galatians in chapter 5, his goal was to illustrate the importance of walking in the Spirit. He also wanted us to recognize that our fleshly desires are contrary to the Spirit. He also warns us about bowing to our fleshly desires. And as a a matter of fact, uh, Pastor Rob's message from a few weeks ago um, when he was speaking on spiritual warfare, Pastor Rob also covered this. He said, our flesh is in constant battle, and we are vulnerable. If we are not dressed in the full armor of God, then we have to be really careful. I mean, we cannot leave the house without being dressed in the full armor of God. I love this study, so if you, if you missed it, it's archived on Calvary's website. 
Um, it's in Galatians 5.22 where Paul lays out the fruits and the characteristics of his Holy Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. Paul's intention here was to help us understand that the cluster of these fruits should also be characterized in our lives. These fruits should be evident. These fruits should be what we are. Our lives should be immensely fruitful because the Holy Spirit lives in us. And as a matter of fact, we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. Just as in the Old Testament, God dwelled in the Holy of Holies, so now he dwells in you and me by his Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit produces beautiful fruit in our lives. We just have to walk in them. While these fruits remarkably work together, and there is not one more important than the other, love is not more important than joy, and joy is not more important than peace, and so on. But faithfulness is special. Faithfulness affects every relationship that we have. Faithfulness is highly regarded throughout the Bible. Even Mother Teresa said, I do not pray for success. I pray for faithfulness. She knew the importance of faithfulness as she had affected many, many lives while she was here on earth. Now, when I'm gone, I want to be compared to Mother Teresa. I know that this is like really reaching high, but I want to be known for my faithfulness. Um, I want it to be part of my legacy. It's one of those key words I want on my headstone, you know, faithful Lisa. Um, Now I'm going to be cremated. Just kidding. (laughs) But, you know, that's what I want. I I want that to be part of my legacy. So um, so that's why I'm here today. I'm being faithful. I'm being obedient. Um, So hopefully, you know, I have a lot of time to live up to that legacy. Um, And faithfulness is a quality that is applied in uh, in Scripture to both uh, God and man. Faithfulness is special because it involves the way we think, the way we live, our attitudes, our decisions. It involves our reactions to situations, the way we behave. When God formed us, he decided that this world could not go on without each and every one of us. And when he did this, he instilled a level of commitment in each of our hearts. So when we mix what we value as important... And what we are committed to, you have faithfulness. These two attributes really go hand in hand because we are created to be committed to what is important to us. So the question is, what is important to us? What is our priority and what comes first? We certainly have a powerful tendency to be faithful to what we think is truly important. Like our makeup, our football team. You know, the list goes on. I have a few friends that are so committed to their hair and makeup. They will not leave the house unless their hair is did and their face is on. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with this. As a matter of fact, um, even Dr. Vernon McGee, I don't know if you've all heard his, uh, in one of his studies, he said, well, if the barn needs painting, then what? Paint the barn. That's right. So... Another one that makes me chuckle is uh, the guys and their football teams. You know, they, they paint their faces when they go to the games. Sometimes they tattoo their te- the teams on their arms. Um, and yes, I get to throw Mike under the bus on this one. He is a committed Charger fan. As a matter of fact, when we were out at the tables yesterday, I was talking to Diana, Mike comes up, and he starts talking about, you know, the Chargers were playing and that 
we have to arrange our whole Sunday, of course, not church, but our whole Sunday around the Charger game. And he's going on and on. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, Mike, cut it already. Diana doesn't want to hear about how our life revolves around the Charger game. Um, But he is, (laughs) I know he went on for like 10 minutes. I'm like, okay, enough already. Go away. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I get to throw Mike under the bus. He's been a Charger fan, a committed Charger fan, you know, for like over since he was 15 years old. So it's been, you know, a really long time. You know, our garage is full of the memorabilia. We have the Charger placemats, the coffee mugs, blankets. He has all the jerseys and, you know, he gets a new Charger shirt for his birthday. Um, And when they, it was funny, when they moved to LA, there went Mike going up to LA to go watch their their um, their games. And let me caveat this by saying, Mike hates driving to LA and he hates traffic. So this goes to prove, like, that doesn't matter. If something is really important, like traffic, distance, time, goes out the window. It's really, it's no longer a concern for him. So he, I get to use him in my Bible study. So he, um, proves that if there's something really important then and you're committed to it you can go you can be gung ho about it you know but the good news is we grow in faith as we use the power that God gives us through his holy spirit to obey him and build a relationship with him faith in God grows in us as we abide in his word abiding in him is the most important aspect of our relationship we've all read in the scriptures John 15:5 I'm the vine you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. So really, abiding in Jesus means three things, a connection to him, dependency, and continuance. So when I um, mention a connection to him, what I mean is, you know, we are the branches. He is the vine. We are connected. We abide in him, and he abides in us. Dependency, just like the branch is dependent on the vine, we are dependent on Jesus. Without the vine, the branch is dead, useless, and will not produce fruit. Continuance, meaning to remain, to stay, or to reside. The branch must remain to bear fruit, and we must remain in Jesus. Remaining in Jesus includes placing our faith and trust and confidence in him and all that he has promised. Hebrews 11, often called the faith chapter, goes on to say, By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. This is verse 3. My commentary says that faith understands that the invisible God created the vast universe. Now, this is ultimate faith. Faith is what keeps us believing that we are all here on earth, not by accident, but for a divine purpose. It assures us of our creator's existence and love. Faith involves the way we live. Paul said we must walk by faith and not by sight. And this is in 2 Corinthians 5.7. So the fruits of the spirit of faithfulness includes trusting God and remaining loyal to him and to his doctrine. And so why is it so important to remain to him? It's because we are called to be faithful And as a matter of fact, we're all called for a special purpose, and God will use each and every one of us to accomplish great things. We just have to be faithful. 
If our lives are to be fruitful, we have to stay faithful to God at all times, in the good and the difficult. I was reading an article by a Chinese pastor. His name was Kristen Chong. His piece was titled, Calling to be Faithful. The first few lines read like this. Rest in God's faithfulness. We can only be fruitful to the one who is truly faithful. Value faithfulness, not results. God looks for faithfulness. Therefore, discover what God wants you to do and be faithful in the little things. I love this because there's so much to be said about a person that is even faithful to the small things. Sometimes God allows us the privilege to see the fruit of our faithfulness in the small things, and sometimes he doesn't. You know, seven years ago, we were given a, a pamphlet from, it was Food for the Hungry. And on that pamphlet was a five-year-old girl named Anna. And she's from Zimbabwe. And I stared at her picture, and I have all her pictures here. Um, and I knew the Lord would have us sponsor her. Um, her and Teddy are the same age, and they've been corresponding for the last seven years. Uh, She's asked for a picture of us. She's asked for a picture of Teddy's room. She's asked for a picture of our house. I guess that, you know, that curiosity is just, you know, was really stirring in her. Um, Teddy has written her letters. She has written to Teddy. Um, And the amount that we send her um, actually buys her food for the entire month. And last year for Christmas, we bought her family um, a goat and three chickens, and we uh, got her a soccer ball. The goat and the three, the three chickens don't only provide milk and eggs for the family, but it's also a source of income for them. Um, but you can only imagine how this has blessed her family. But really, the reality is, is we are the ones blessed. Like, all these pictures of her, we have on our fridge. We pray for her every day. Um, she's in our heart. She, we keep her at the forefront of our minds, of our prayers. Um, because you just don't know how our prayers, our faithfulness to our prayers are going to produce that fruit. And so this is, you know, we got, Mike and I are blessed because we get a glimpse, and we've seen her grow for the past seven years. Um, and then on on these cards, it, you know, their prayers, please pray for um, the political parties because, you know, there's war in her, her area. Uh, Pray for rainfall. Um, pray for the, the dropout rates um, and displacement of early age girls because you know they're being used for sex um, stuff. And so, just these these prayers on these cards is sometimes so um, you know deep and heartbreaking. Um, but you just don't know the faithfulness of your prayers. So encourage you to be faithful in the little things just even in prayer just you know sending up a prayer because you just don't know and a good example of this yesterday i I only heard bits and pieces of it because i was streaming it when um the the shoebox the christmas shoebox the the lady that came up i mean like miracles you don't know what that, that being faithful to, you know, filling a shoebox and sending it off to wherever it goes and praying over it, it's a miracle. So sometimes we do get the privilege to, to see our, our, you know, the fruits of our faithfulness, and sometimes we don't. But that's okay if we don't, because the Lord does. 
Um, so we've watched her grow. She's drawn pictures for us. It's just been really, you know, a, a blessing. And it's been great because, you know, just what it's done in Teddy's life, you know, corresponding with this girl. Teddy says, when I get older, I want to I go see her. So I don't know, maybe the Lord will open up the door for us to go and see her one of these years. Um, but faithfulness is what God is looking for. As Pastor Chong said in his article, our success as a Christian is not based on results, but it's based on our faithfulness. So remember, eyes are constantly on us, especially us Christians, of being, be faithful in the little things. So how do we live a faithful life? Well, the good news is there's nothing that God calls us to do without giving us the Holy Spirit to do so. As Nike says, just do it, right? As Pastor Rob says, just walk in it. Over the summer, Pastor Rob taught a series called Walking in the Spirit. This series is also archived on Calvary's website, so if you missed it, I suggest another one you listen to. Um, The series covers the walk of the believer as it relates to all aspects of our lives, our home, our relationships. He mentioned that we are sealed by the Holy Spirit and that we must continually be filled with the Spirit so that we may walk in a manner worthy of our calling. He went on to say, let the word of God richly dwell in us and allow his word to sink in our hearts so that we may be changed, transformed. Lastly, he said, Jesus saved us to change us. I'm so glad to know that we serve a God who stays the same. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is is constant and a dependable anchor. Not only does God stay the same, but so do his loving plans for us that are based in his word. Psalm 33:11 says the counsel of the Lord stands forever, the plans of his heart from generation to generation. Isaiah 40 tells us the grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of God stands forever. And because his plans are unshakable, his loving intention towards us never wavers. His word is dependable so we can find comfort in our relationship with him, whatever changes come our way. During my season of change, I've learned the importance of resting in our unchangeable Lord, the Lord who never changes. There are so many things I cannot control, but I can depend on God to be a refuge in time of trouble, provide comfort to my aching heart, and give guidance through his word so I can effectively navigate life's changes. Despite feeling like sometimes my in my life, extend far beyond my control. I have to come to know the beauty of resting in the arms of God who is always totally in control of every circumstance in my life. Can I encourage all you ladies today that there is nothing that has happened that has surprised God. He knows. He knows how you feel. He knows how bad it hurts, how hard it is. He knows. And because he does not change and he and is faithful to all generations, you can trust him to carry you through, through whatever changes you face today. If God has allowed a change in your life, let that change motivate you to draw closer to him and to his word. Let him be your refuge, your comfort, and your strength. Amen? Amen. Okay, so we're going to pray, um, and then we'll have you ladies come up. Okay, so Lord, we just... Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, that um, your spirit was evident here, Lord. And I just pray that um, it would sink. And, and Lord, that 
there would be one person out there that was blessed by what you had tonight, God. And Father, I just pray that um, as we enter a, a time of discussion and kind of um, gleaming on, on what you had, had tonight, Lord, I pray um, that your spirit would continue to move tonight. Continue to change us, Lord. Continue to open up our um, ears and our hearts for what you have for us, Lord. And, and Lord, we invite you to be present here with us, Lord. So God, we thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. All right. So we are going to have a, um, a panel discussion, and I've invited um, four ladies to come up. So if my ladies would come on up. That light is right in my eye. Yeah, I, I think I can see you guys. Maybe just back up just a little, a little bit. bit. I'm going to hand you this. You can just hold on to it. Okay, everyone, just take a deep breath. All right, so we are in for a treat. I just want to start off just saying how just amazing God is. That was just a great message. Thank you, Lisa. Just amazing. And so we have these beautiful women that have, have, have said yes to the call. I called each of them or I saw them personally and they were like, yeah, I want to do that. I mean, how exciting is that? So I just want to say that, you know, they're all from different walks of life, different backgrounds. They're all women who love the Lord. They've all served at Calvary Vista. They've been in love. I mean, they've been. <laughs> yeah, I guess they have been in love. <laughs> okay, that was a good icebreaker, right? <laughs> They've worked it. I don't know. I, I, I got to lose my train of thought. So um, I want to introduce them. So most of you already know all of them, but um, just in case, I'm going to kind of turn a little bit this way. So my first sweet girl is Cherie Renier, right? Am I Renner? So I don't know if you guys recognize her, but um, her mom is out in the the audience. This is <laughs> this is Pastor Steve and uh, Janine's daughter. I would have to honestly say you grew up in this church. You were probably one of those kids like Teddy that was like running around. She went to the school. You know, you were involved in the high school. She did discipling. She was a Bible study leader. She's a mom. She has the cutest little guy. And one of the things I love is that you just really connect with the old and the young. You know, you just, you really, just really connect. And I would call you my friend. So it's a very sweet thing. And then we have Dawn, Dawn Noakes. She's been with, how long have you been at the church? How much? Since 87. Since 87. So that's a long time. She's, yeah, I mean, that, I mean, this is great because we have some really, some women that have been here and have seen the changes and have grown and probably started when, when you were in your 20s and 30s. I mean, so it's kind of exciting. She has worked in many of the different ministries. She was in children's ministry for a long time. She's worked at a Bible study. 
um, leader. She has such a heart for women. And I think you have a really good, a really big heart for young women too, just to really see them grow and to really know the Lord. And then we have Diana uh, Lanzano, which is really sweet. She's been, okay, watching her grow has been just an amazing thing because she, how, how long have you been saved? About five, six years? Six years. Yep. And so she started coming to the church. She started going to the Bible study and kind of Lisa kind of saw her. She was in her group. And next thing you know, Diana's an assistant leader. You know, she's just growing and she's just stepping out and learning. And so she has such an amazing story and just um, her life to show. She has a cute little daughter. And then we have Cookie Bod, who's, you've been at the church too a long time, haven't you? Probably about the same time. And so I've known Cookie for a long time. I don't know her really well. I've always like one of those people you're like, oh, I really want to get to know her. I just, she has just, she's a strong woman in the Lord. She has been through a lot of life, you know, life experience, life wisdom. Um, She loves the word. Um, You know, she does different ministries. I know she's done Bible studies. She's been in events. She does home fellowship with her husband. So this is kind of our array. And in choosing the women, too, I kind of wanted to get a mix of just, you know, a good variety. So we're going to start right in um, with some of our questions. So Lisa mentioned um, as she was talking and teaching, um, she talked about... um, that we, that we need to press in on all sides. Like there's that pressing in. And she talked about how we have so much on our plates. And um, between work, between uh, ministry, between being mom. And we've got moms and grandmothers here too. So we've got that all covered. So um, I, I like what she said. And I, which I wrote down that we've got our hands in many pots. Isn't that, isn't that true? And so um, sometimes, though, that kind of gets us kind of off course a little bit. We kind of deviate from what God um, wants for us. You know, sometimes we're investing so much into the way we look, into, that's really fun that you talked about your friends, you know. But, you know, in the way we look, what we're doing, even we invest a lot of time in ministry, the good things. So my question, and... How we're going to work this is I'm just going to propose a question, and um, whichever one feels like they want to answer, um, we want this to be kind of easy, kind of a dialogue. We want them to kind of talk amongst each other. Unfortunately, it's not a audience participation, so we won't be taking any questions. So I'm going to be asking the questions, and hopefully this will cover. I do want to say, too, if um, and this is really sweet because Diana was praying this, that if anyone, you know... If, any of these women say anything that just really touches you, um, they're going to hang out. You know, they're, they've all said they're going to just be really transparent because that's how we're going to see what it looks like to be faithful. So feel free to, after the study, go up to them and talk with them, okay? So my question, my first question is, and so, so how, it's kind of threefold, do you um, actively pursue your spiritual growth, you know, stay um, growing, and with your time of devotion, not necessarily in devotion, but your, really your time of devotion to the Lord and keeping your relationship a priority with all the things that are going on. So does anybody want to take that question? I'll start. Okay, um, good. Yeah, I mean, for me, uh, years and years and years ago, um, my husband and I had three small kids, and it, 
it just kind of happened to us. I don't know how that happened so quickly. And I found, <laughs> okay, I found myself really, really struggling with, um, I just, I wasn't coping well. You know, it was overwhelming. The kids were up early. I wasn't prepared somehow. And my day would get away from me. And I found myself short-tempered. And so out of necessity, and I'd heard it, I've been, here, I've been a believer since I was 16, the importance of morning devotions. Right. And I'm like, how am I going to get this in? I don't know. You know, this doesn't make sense. So what I did was I set my alarm. The baby, the, the earliest baby woke at 6. Well, how am I practically going to do that? I set my alarm at 5 a.m., 5.30, between there. And I made myself get up. It actually got easier and easier and easier because I got so much out of it. I got peace for my day. I got the strength that I needed. I had that verse that I could lean on. I was um, reading about God's love for me. I had love to give to the kids. I was patient. Um, all those things that just came to me because of the filling of the Holy Spirit. And then it just became such a habit. I never had to set my alarm, and I looked forward to it. I, you know, what I thought would be 15 minutes would turn into a longer time, and it just really changed my life, being in the That's Word every good. day. And then I was able to give something to my kids, too, in the Word, you know, what, I, what the Lord spoke to me that day. It was really a sweet time. And then, um, you know, it, it's stressful on your marriage, too, when you're going through all that. And right. so finally one day I said, honey, will you pray for me? And he, you know, he did what we're all told to do. He said, okay, let's pray now. It seems simple, but at the time you're all running around and you have... You know, it's just not the kids. It's a part-time job, and my husband's working 60 hours, and we have family that are sick. You know, there's just so many things happening. If I wasn't able to get up and start my day, there would be no time for it, really. At the end of the day, I didn't have the energy, and my mind wouldn't focus. And so then my husband started praying with me every day before I left for work. It was just a simple thing, Mm -hmm. but it's been, you know, 42 years like that. Wow. Thank and you. We didn't. We wouldn't miss it now. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I'm still screwing around in the morning and I'm running, and he follows me out to the car and prays with me before. Oh, I'm in the car. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the car. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I tried to get that done. I shouldn't have. And he prays with me. And it's nothing that I did. It was just being obedient to what the Lord's mm-hmm. said and what we're learning here in our in our fellowship. Does anybody else want to add to yeah, that? To Another share. idea yeah. or thought? Hi, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds a lot different from up here. Um, uh, Good evening. (laughs) Um, So I was just thinking about this because when I was asked by Debbie to be part of the panel, I said immediately yes. But then when I found out it was about faithfulness, I was kind of like Lisa, like, well, I'm so busy and just so my hands are just everywhere, cooking, driving, driving my child to school, reading my my Bible, but I think the way that I keep my my walk with the Lord a priority and just um, my relationship with Him is coming to a reality that we need Him, coming to that reality of who He is and who we are and what our great need or how do I say this, that he is our great need, and without him we can really do nothing. And so I 
faced that reality about six years ago, six or seven years ago when I got saved. I'm a single mom. I've been a single mom mm, probably for the entire life of my daughter. She's eight, almost nine. And so I came to the Lord when my relationship with her dad ended. And, you know, having to work a full-time job and having to be a faithful believer and a mom and having an absent father is hard. Um, And so I came to the reality of, okay, what do I want my daughter's future to look like? Um, What are my choices today that will impact her life tomorrow? And so I came to the reality of, well, it starts with the Lord. It starts even if you can't open your Bible in the morning. And I'm not encouraging you not to open your Bible in the morning. All I'm saying is that even when we're not faithful... He is, and um, it could be as simple as turning on a worship song, turning on a podcast in the morning. If you can't get to your Bible, you can come to him in other ways, and the more you delight in him, the more your desires change to want to seek him more. So you're not going to get it right the first time. But my encouragement for all of you guys is to just keep seeking him and be completely transparent with him. God, I want to wake up at 5 a.m. to read your word. (laughs) God, I want to be faithful in this area in my life. Ask and you will receive. So that's pretty much That's that's great. That's perfect. (laughs) So let's go on. Um, So the thing is, life happens, you know, seasons change. Uh, situations come in our life, both good and bad. Um, change sometimes is hard. Most of the time, it's not welcomed. I mean, if we're really honest with ourselves, how much of us really like change? Um, sometimes it's hard. It's painful. Sometimes it's hard in a way that maybe we've lost someone. We've, you know, um, a relationship maybe has has been destroyed, or maybe. Um, a job is lost, you know, circumstances that hurt. Um, so given all of that, and I know that with four of you, I'm sure that there has been some of those things that have fallen in into that category. So how um, would you say that um, your difficulties, now when you've been in a difficult time, have encouraged you to grow closer to the Lord? And how, how would you kind of describe that? Any of you want to share? Um, well, I, I'm thinking, you know, of a couple of instances where there were difficult, one was a difficulty, one was a change. The change happened more recently, and that was, um, something kind of that I actually desired, which, you know, you don't always desire a change, but even a change that I desired, it was still difficult, um, I was working in a full-time job that was getting to be too stressful and a little too much, and I felt the Lord telling me that there were other things in my life that I needed to pursue rather than the job, you know, and I was like, okay, I, you know, I'm all about that because the things he's asking me to pursue or to, you know, that are more of a priority are pouring into the lives of my grandchildren 
plugging into the women's Bible study, exercising, which I haven't quite got to that one yet, <laughs> exercising more. Um, but two out of three isn't bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I'm like, Lord, I'm 60 years old. Who's going to, you know, if I leave this job, I needed to look for a part-time job. I wasn't ready to retire yet. I'm like, how's that going to work? You know, and, and am, are you really prompting me to do this or is this like I can't do this job anymore I want out and maybe you know Lord do you want me to stay there because you're molding me and shaping me by these difficulties so it was really a struggle of just you know every day just seeking the Lord and writing out you know all my options of okay if I you know what are the pros of staying there okay if I stay there I'll make more money if I stay there you know you can continue to sand the rough edges and you know make me more like you. If I leave, I'll be able to spend that quality time with my grandkids and um, you know have more free time to do whatever, you know, come into the women's Bible study. But it was like I don't know what, you know, how this is going to happen and I don't know what kind of job even to look for. It was just very like soul searching and asking the Lord what do you have for me and I don't want to take the wrong step I want to do something that's in the center of your will and you know each day as I sought the Lord he just kept revealing the next step and I would be faithful in that and then you know um, this door opened up that I thought oh my gosh this is the perfect job this is the one the Lord has for me and I prayed about it and for two months they postponed making a decision and I was just kind of like I know this is what God has for me I'm sure of it I know this has got to be it and the door closed it wasn't it and I'm like wait a minute this was the perfect job the best hours it was just you know what I thought was the best thing and it wasn't and God opened another door that I'm like really you want me to work there okay uh, you know, but it was just every step of the way, just seeking him because the last thing I want to do is, you know, make a choice that isn't something that he has for me. So, you know, for me, it's just like my husband would say, it's a lot easier to steer a, a moving bicycle. Well, it's a lot easier for the Lord to, to direct you if you're taking steps. You know, I wasn't like paralyzed by fear thinking, oh, you know, what do I do? I don't know which way to go. It was just okay, I'm going to do this. And then when I do this, you'll progressively reveal your will to me and I'll, you know, move into that. So I don't want to take up too much time. I'll let somebody else. I can kind of go off of the career path thing. Um, So like kind of speaking of the the closing door, um, I think sometimes when, you know, you, you feel the Lord calling you to something, it's, it's okay sometimes for the door to be closed. So I don't know if any, everybody knows, but I actually was an elementary teacher for about seven years. Um, and, uh, I had a really hard time at it. Um, and I, I just, I felt like, you know, this is what God wants me to do. I love children. I want to take care of them. I want to be an example. And my time in the school district was amazing, but then it was also wrought with difficulty and struggles and rejection and, you know, people, people being, you know, my coworkers being so encouraging, but then yet 
you know, the administration not being. And, and I was, I, during that time, I had so much self-doubt about myself and about, okay, Lord, is this really what, is this what I was called to do with my life? Is this what, I mean, is this what it's supposed to feel like? And, um, and God closed that door. And, and through very deep prayer, <laughs> very deep prayer with him and, and time seeking him and, um, you know, having discussions with my husband and praying with my husband and like, Lord, what do you want me to do? Because I, you know, I had to work. We had to work to survive. Um, and uh, the Lord is so faithful. His faithfulness just, it blows me, blows me away. Um, just out of nowhere, um, this career opened up that I'm in now. I've been doing it now for two years. And in between the teaching and this, I was doing retail. I was just, you know, everywhere. And um, God opened this door, and it is literally the perfect job for me. Um, he called me into cosmetology school after I stopped teaching. And so um, I love being a hairstylist. That's so much fun. But now I'm more in the um, sales part of it, so I help support salons in retail and in education and let me tell you that world is dark it is a dark world um and to be able to come into these environments and show joy and show the spirit of the lord and you know just have that i'm like god you're so good like you know you knew that i had this heart of ministry and now it's not for little ones (laughs) But it's for, you know, people my age and people that are so obsessed with self. And, um, I mean, I think it's good to take care of yourself. And the Lord wants us to take care of ourselves. We are, we are the Lord's vessels. Um, but it's amazing. It's, it's, I, was, I guess my point is, is that when that door closes, it is. It's a good thing, even though at the time we might not think so. I can see that that thread of you guys praying and being open and not, I think, like you said, not just caving in when change and difficult times happen, you know, pressing into the Lord and asking him what. And often he does. He closes the door, but then another opportunity yeah. comes. And like you were saying, Cookie, uh, um, you, you want to be in God's will. Yeah. You You don't want to be stepping somewhere. And, you know, it's hard. It's hard. But it's kind of like you've repurposed what your, what your vision was. I mean, you now have a different vision, and you're going to grow in that. You now have a different vision, and you're going to grow in that. So that's cool. That's very cool. So God is faithful. Um, it's who he is. Uh, faithfulness is part of his characteristic. Um, and the scripture and a lot of what Lisa was saying, I had written some notes and I'm like, oh my gosh, she's writing, she's saying the exact same things that I had added to my notes. And, you know, God remains faithful even when we don't. It's not contingent upon what we do. Um, and the thing is, scripture says that um, God can't deny himself because he's faithful. So explain a time when your doubt. So this is a big one, when you're doubt. So, you know, that kind of falls into, well, I'm faithful, but I'm doubtful. Uh, When God's faithfulness has come through um, a promise. Say he's given you a promise, and you're like, Lord, but you promised that. But, you know, like Abraham, how many, you know, you're going to have as many descendants as the sands of the sea, you know. That was a crazy promise, especially as his age. So how can, who wants to take that question? 
Exactly. She wants that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, this is a big one for me. Yeah. Um, so, um, as, as some of you know, um, and, if, and if anyone um, has ever, you know, suffered from this or, you know, wants to talk about it afterwards, I am more than transparent about it. But um, my husband and I suffered from infertility for um, about six years. Um, and talk about, you know, the Lord has been so faithful my entire, like, so many parts of my life. And to just by plucking me out of rebellion and, you know, blessing me with my husband and, and giving me that. Pro- Sorry, I'm going to try not get. Um, <clears throat> Sorry. Um, and I knew that he had promised that I was going to have children, that we were going to have children. And um, so the doubt that came about in that time of just struggle and. Um, um, no, I'm fine. I don't need one. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> um, that doubt that came about me was scary. Um, I had never felt that before. Um, because you know the Lord has promised that promise is so dear to you. And um, so, and I, I never felt, I know um, there's so many things and so many ways that God has blessed the medical field with helping people with um, infertility now. And I feel like it's, it's spoken about, but maybe not as much as it should be about the struggles that women go through when, when they're going through that process and, you know, the, the, you know, medical, the drugs, the, everything that their body is going through. It's, it's very intense and, and the cost is ridiculous. And, you know, thank you, Jesus. Actually, I think that, um, recently California adopted that, um, it will, be partially covered if by insurance, which it's $35,000 to do in vitro. So, um, so we, you know, financially we can do it. And then also, um, and whatever we were doing up to that wasn't working. And so in 2015, um, up until that point, I had always felt that the Lord, I just did not feel right about IVF. I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't have a piece about it for that six years. And, um, and then the Lord was like, you know what? This is a promise I've given you. It's okay. It's okay. We're going to do this. So, um, we had our doctor's appointment. We went, we did the whole, we're going to go. We said, okay, we're going to start saving. We'll do it the summer of 2016. And then, um, (laughs) we found out we got pregnant in February of 2016 all by ourselves. And God is good. And God is, um, God is incredible. And, and I just, um, at the time we had a 90 pound boxer and his name was Rocco and I wasn't working at the time and I was by myself when I took the pregnancy test and it came and I've, I've taken a dozen or more pregnancy tests in my life. So, um, when I saw the positive, I was just laughing. I was just joy, like complete joy. And I was just talking to my dog. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, what, like, what am I going to do? Like, how am I going to surprise Christos? And, um, and just, I mean, the faithfulness of the Lord. And then after I told my family, um, I found out that Isaac was actually prophesied for. Um, my mom went to a, a pastor's wife's conference and... Um, and there was a woman who um, stood up front and described me physically. What she said was, yeah. I was there, and it was amazing. What she said, you know, she talked about this woman 
Uh, it was a scripture in Hannah, yeah. right? And uh-huh. so it was, she, uh, she it was described... It's kind of an interesting scripture. <laughs> it, it's, yeah, it's interesting, but I, I shouldn't tell the story, but no. she described her... When she talked, when Janine talked to her, she described this woman. This woman that I saw was exotic. And when she said that, that, that describes her. That, it just does. So go on. Um, so, um, and, my, and my mom was like, I didn't want to, it had happened a year beforehand, right? Um, a year before we asked. Yeah, so it had, it had happened, and she didn't tell me until after, because she just didn't want me to, you know, she wanted to keep that in her heart with her and the Lord until she was ready to share. So, um, but yeah, you know, this, this, the Lord is so good and he loves us so much. And during that time, I just, this verse, and my mom knows this says Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29, one or 11, sorry, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you says the Lord thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and hope. And that was something that just was close to my heart the whole time that this was happening. So I'm sorry I took the whole time. <laughs> Does anybody else want to share? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so I'll try to be quick. So we still have 20 minutes. Okay. <laughs> um, so about three years ago, uh, I was reading the Bible and... This was before I found out that the company that I was working for um, had just gotten bought out by another company, and I didn't know that my position was going to get eliminated. But prior to that, I was reading the Bible, and I came across the story of Joseph. Um, I was reading Genesis, and I came across the story of Joseph. And keep in mind, this, I was at this company for about seven years. I started working there when I was 18 years old. Um, I mean, I got pregnant when I was working there. Um, so I pretty much grew up there. Um, all my experience and everything that has led up to the job that I have now, it all began there. Um, I was a receptionist and I slowly moved my way up to being an HR generalist. So read that scripture where, uh, Pharaoh tells Joseph that he's going to um, he's going to allow him to be the one in charge of Egypt, and uh, I re- like I was just reading my Bible the other day, and I came across that scripture, and I I wrote there um, Joseph's promotion, and so I felt like the Lord had told me that this place where I grew up at I was going to. I was going to get promoted, and that's where, um, you know, the Lord was going to provide for my my future. I mean, the, the Lord's always providing for us, but this particular scripture spoke to me, and God God told me, you know, I'm going to bring you up, and more than He ha- had already done, and because um, I was struggling financially, so. A few days later, I, I find out that they're going to eliminate my position. And so, to me, that was confusing because I said, Lord, I, f- I really thought this was you. I thought, you know, I was going to get promoted or something um, because that's the company that I wanted to retire from. And so, the Lord had different plans, obviously. 
So when they eliminated my position at that company, out of fear, I took another job um, that had nothing to do with <laughs> where I was where I was at. I didn't pray about it. I just took it out of fear because we all go through fear, right? Thinking, what if the Lord doesn't come through? <laughs> what if I'm un- unemployed for a month and I can't find a job? Who's going to provide for me and my daughter? Um, so I went through one of those moments, yet even though I was doubtful of God, he still came through. And he's, even my disobedience of taking that job out of fear, God worked just amazing things, not just in my life, but through the life of the people there. So just to touch on that job really quick, the owner was not a very sane person, um, he started harassing me um, and pursuing me, and he was a lot older than me. And so at that time, I felt, I felt kind of alone. I felt like, God, you know, there's nobody to defend me. I don't have a husband. I don't have a, a, you know, a dad that's going to come and try to defend me from this guy. I felt vulnerable, and I felt like I need to stay at this job you know, so I can keep paying my bills and providing for my daughter. So I was very confused, thinking, God, why did you put me in this situation? Look at look at this guy trying to pursue me, and he's still married, and he's not mentally okay. Like, So the Lord just asked me, just pray for him. Just pray for him. I'm going to provide for you. Just don't worry. And for four months, it was the same thing. I'm like, God, like... I'm, you know, I'm not even getting paid. My checks would bounce back because he didn't have enough money to, um, to pay us. So it was just, it was a very vulnerable time in my life. So out of that, um, God said, it's time. And I didn't know what that meant. And so, um, my boss now, she actually found my profile on Indeed. She found me, she called me came in for an interview, and I knew the job was for me. I, I wasn't really sure what it was, what my purpose was there. All I knew was that I had to um, just work for the kingdom of God, you know. And so, uh, so I started working there in 2017, and then um, I was an HR assistant. And earlier this year, um, earlier this year, the company that I'm at now, that company where I got hired from, where I knew the Lord was calling me there. Uh, we just went through a really rough season. I mean, we're, we're just getting out of a hole. Um, I really thought that the company was going to go out of business. And so I wanted to leave. Again, in my fear, applying for other jobs. I probably only applied for one. Um, but God kept telling me, no, you're going to stay. You're going to stay. Just stay. Don't make... Don't make decisions based out of fear or out of temporary emotions. So I said, okay, God, just use me then. And um, a few weeks later, probably two weeks later, um, my boss called me in and the owner called me in. And they said, yes, we're going through a situation right now and we might not make it. But we think that if we promote you... And you take on all of these tasks and responsibilities. We're going to be okay. We trust your judgment. The things that you brought to our leadership meeting, 
for the things that we need. And, you know, we trust your wisdom and all these things. And so um, I got promoted to HR manager. I am now an HR manager at the company. We're in a healthy state now. Um, But that was just, that was three years ago, you know? So it doesn't just happen overnight. It could happen years from now. But I just realized that about a month ago. that I was reading my Bible, and I was like, wow, God, like, you gave me this promise three years ago, and I didn't even realize that you were already fulfilling it. So... That's good. Yes. I I like that. (laughs) Praise God. So we'll probably just have maybe one or two more questions, so we'll just kind of end with a few of them. It says, um, one of the things Lisa talked about was the benefits of God's faithfulness, and I know she listed um, a lot of them, but one of them that was just really stuck out is that he's constantly, and this is kind of what you were saying, he's constantly working on us, he's constantly working for us, he's constantly working in us, and he's constantly working through us. Um, and also, too, we, you know, that verse that says we can be confident of this very thing that he who began a good work is faithful to complete it um, until the day of Jesus Christ. So with that, um, what areas um, of your life has God asked you to be more faithful? Don, you want to answer that? Yeah, I'll answer that. I have um, a sweet answer. Remember last week when Lisa said, um, may I share with you what the Lord showed me in my devotion Well, that just spoke to my heart, like, you know, why aren't I doing that more? Here the Lord is feeding me so well, and so that was um, just a little prick in my, you know, conscience from the Lord to just share what the Lord is sharing with me every morning, you know, share it with my kids, share it with my grandkids, share it with my coworkers, share it with my friends, you know, and um, I think also how important those friends are if you, you know, just being honest, I mean, sometimes I really need a friend. Yeah. If you need a friend, you should just say, would you be my friend? Yeah. No, that's true. <laughs> I'll be your friend. <laughs> Anybody need a friend? I mean, I get discouraged like everyone. You know, yeah. Sometimes I get very tired and things are kind of swirling around and so many things are happening, you know. And so if I'm just focusing on the Lord, just me and the Lord, and then I just reach out to the next person, it just Good. makes such a huge difference. At work, I can do that in kindness and... Uh, it makes huge. It makes a huge difference. So last week also when, uh, I don't remember who asked us to get up and introduce ourselves to somebody we'd never met. Oh, right. I met this uh, yeah. lovely, lovely, lovely gal. I just loved her. I was looking for her tonight. I don't see her, but I'm going to just... To reach out. Yeah. Definitely. Um, next time I see her, I, you know, I just adored her. She was really fantastic. Anybody just else? Just like I feel about you guys, too. Is anybody <laughs> else the Lord yes. tugging on you to be well, faithful I, in something? I have... Um, a scripture that um, I feel like it, you said that, and I'm like, you stole my answer. <laughs> <laughs> See how God just knits it all together? <laughs> because that's, that's one of the things the Lord is prompting me, you know, aside from pouring into my grandkids mm-hmm. and, you know, getting plugged in here, is just speaking of his goodness and his greatness. And um, one of the... Um, scriptures that I I read through Psalms over the summer and I got to almost the end of Psalm 145 and I'm like 
you know, reading that, just amazed and blown away by God's goodness. And the Lord told me, you know, you need to camp out here. I'm like, but Lord, I'm almost done. I'm, I'm like five chapters <laughs> away from the end. You want me to stop and spend time here? Okay, okay. So I just want to read this to you. The Lord is righteous in all his ways, gracious in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desires of those who fear him. He will also hear their cry and save them. And then um, earlier in the verse it says, One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty works. So, you know, that's the verse he used to just pump me. It's like I need to talk about what the Lord's doing in my life, whether it's just the smallest little thing or some huge thing that, you know, he's showing me. But, you know, we have... Uh, Don and I have grandkids. Many of you do. You have kids. You have uh, someone you met at Bible study, someone you're talking to at work. And, you know, I've been talking to people at work about, um, you know, Pinterest and Proverbs. I've got a friend pray for her from my old job that I think may be coming. But, you know, it's just sometimes you get busy and you just keep going about your day and you forget mm-hmm. that, you know, you're thinking it and praying in your head and thanking the Lord for what he's shown you. But, you don't want it to stop there. Yeah. It needs to go on the next step. I agree step. with that. Yeah. I think I ditto that yeah. for myself. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes we have all of this that we are holding in, but God wants us to speak it out for sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah. So I think our, our last question is, um, Lisa uh, touched on this in Galatians 5, where she talked about uh, Paul's goal was to illustrate the importance of walking in the Spirit. And it has been really good. Rob's been just, has gone through the whole thing about walking in the Spirit and, um, he also, Paul recognized that um, we have our fleshly desires that are contrary to the spirit um, and that there's a constant battle. And in verse uh, 16 and 17, Paul, and I wanted to read this verse so that it kind of puts some context. It says, Paul writes, walk in the spirit and not fulfill the, des- the lusts of the flesh. And this is the part where the flesh lusts after the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And they're contrary to one another. So you do not do the things that you wish. And isn't that what Paul said? So explain a time when you exhibited or showed or did where you were faithful to God's promises, even though you hesitated. Like you went, you went and you did, even though you're like, Lord, I don't know where you're taking me. But so anybody want to share? And this could be our last question. Um, okay, well, <laughs> just being here tonight, <laughs> I mean, I know, like, Debbie's like, everyone just said yes, and, and, and that's totally, like, when she called me, I was like, wow, Lord, like, that's awesome, and I was like, yes, and then the reality and hit. the reality hit me, <laughs> and I was like, and I had, like, the worst month, <laughs> and I was like, Satan is seriously, I mean, he is attacking mothers and women, yeah. I mean, he is on a rampage right now. I mean, Cookie, just what you were telling me, how your day went. You know, yeah. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's incredible. It's amazing. We're just blessed to all be here. <laughs> um, but anyways, um, so in all seriousness, um, the, I, I, had, and I called Debbie, and I was like, I don't know if I can do it because I haven't made it to any of the, the studies. And I don't feel right being here and speaking when I don't know really what's going on. 
And she didn't even blink an eye. Like, <laughs> it was like, she was, I mean, I t- I'll explain what, how my time went, but she was like, no, you're going to be fine. It's going to be great. Like the Lord, I, you, you were on my heart and, and God wants to speak through you. And, um, and, you know, I got to share that, um, I, so the first Monday of the study, I had actually just gone through a miscarriage and so I couldn't be here. And then, um, and then the next weekend, my son got croup, and he had it for a week. And, um, you know, I'm just like, wow, Lord, um, talk about stretching. Yeah. Talk about, I mean, he, he stretches us, and, um, you know, he, he works on us, but he is he's so good. He is so good, and he's so faithful, mm-hmm. and I feel like there's always, and just how, you know, I know that I'm just already, I'm just incredibly blessed by being here. That's and, right sharing, you know, being able to share with you women and, um, and, uh, you know, share our stories. It's, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it is powerful in its own way. So we've got time. I think if I can see that clock, somebody else want to share? I'm just thinking, (laughs) (laughs) um, I think at work, Obviously, because I am the HR manager, I should be the one enforcing these laws of, or enforcing, you know, uh, yeah, I guess these, uh, the laws and how we need to respect people's religion and, and all these things. And that was hard for me at the beginning because I want to talk about Jesus all the time. I mean, it, yeah, it, it's tough. So, um, there were a few occasions uh, where the Lord had asked me to just ask my coworkers, oh, what's your story? And keep in mind, I don't tell people I'm Christian. I'd rather people see it in me and ask me, mm-hmm. why are you this way? <laughs> and give God all the glory. But um, there were a few particular um, times where the Lord really wanted me to ask what's your story, or can I pray for you? And I felt very hesitant. Um, And I do admit that a few times I held back because of my position at work. Um, And so there was a day where I was standing outside just going through a rough day, and uh, one of my coworkers came out, and she was crying, and it was like the perfect opportunity. God just, like, placed us outside, and... Um, when I asked her, you know, is everything okay? She's just like, oh, I just, I'm just really, really just frustrated. And she, she was just going through something. And then, um, I said, can I pray for you? (laughs) You know, and then she looked at me and she, she just looked at me in this, like, really? And then, um, I said, yeah. She's like, wait, are you, are you religious? And I said, no, 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 I'm not religious. <laughs> um, and then um, that opened the door to me sharing my testimony and sharing just the love of Christ. And then come to find out she grew up Catholic. She has or she had a relationship with the Lord, but she had walked away from the Lord. And um, she, I guess, rededicated her life last year. Um, and so I work right next to the beach. So, um, her and I and other girls that I didn't know that were Christian, we ended up, um, uh, we ended up planning that one day a week we would walk down the street 
and just pray for the company and just pray for everyone's position. And so had I not asked her, like, can I pray for you? None of that would have happened. The doors wouldn't have opened for, because she told everyone else, like, oh, Diana (laughs) prayed for me and all these things. So you just never know. I mean, none of them are at that com- at the company where I work at anymore. Um, but I still go. I still go once a week, walk down to the beach and pray for the company. I mean, you just... Obviously, prayer works. If the company is still, still in business... Yeah. You know, we were praying for the company's health even before we went down that path um, of almost going out of business. And so it just took that step of obedience so when god orchestrates a situation like that and you feel led by the holy spirit you best believe he is going to he's going to be faithful to just open those doors so anybody else want to share yes no so in just a couple seconds does anybody want to um leave anyone with some encouraging words yeah I um, was thinking about that question of, you know, when have you hesitated and then stepped forward and done something? And and I feel like that happens to me all the time (laughs) because, you know, I get up in the morning and I'm tired and I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm going to read the word. Or, you know, every time we read the word or pray or, you know, ask someone if you can pray for them. Are, are you with me? We're taking that step, and, and we're increasing our faithfulness. And so it's not always a big thing, but it's like, yeah, I hesitate because I'm tired, or I've got, you know, oh, but I really wanted to do this. Or, you know, it's just a daily thing, and you have to just decide, you know, I'm going to serve the Lord, and I'm going to do what he is prompting me to do. And, you know, I'm not perfect. None of us are perfect. We don't always do it. But each time we do, it gets easier, and you get blessed, and then you want to do it again. Nothing succeeds like success, right? So, you know, when, it's, when you are blessed by it, you want to do it more, and, and it just makes it easier. And, yeah, that's what that's my encouragement. You know, we're all doing it every day. Just really quick, um, I just was going to say, because my son's three, and he's three. <laughs> like, so um, in I purpose to, you know, my devotional time is very special, and I purpose to get up early to do my devotions, but sometimes he wakes up at 6 o'clock in the morning or earlier. Um, and I would just say, to those of you who are young moms or who um, ha- are taking care of grandkids, even um, don't beat yourself down if your time gets interrupted, uh, no matter how old your kids are. Um, it's okay. And I found that when my time does get interrupted, I've been so blessed because I can just snuggle and pray for Isaac. And I get just as blessed through that um, than I would than being in the Lord's word because he'll speak to me in some other way because being a mom is tough. So. Big job. Well, thank you, ladies. It was incredible. I'm going to give a big hand. I'm just going to close in prayer, and then we'll dismiss. Lord God, you are faithful to us, Lord, and you are amazing. And God, you just um, have spoken through these women tonight, God. And I pray, Lord, that the words that they have spoken, God, that they would go um, deep into our hearts, Lord. 
for those that are maybe struggling with their faithfulness, Lord, or those that are struggling with their time with you, God, would you just infuse more of you, Lord? As we step out and as we say, God, we want more of you, Lord, we know that you will be there, God. Help us to abide in you, Lord. Help us to cling to you. And God, sometimes our prayers are going to be, Lord, we just desperately need you. We can't do anything without you, Lord. And so we know that you are faithful, even though, Lord, sometimes we have to admit, Lord, we are not faithful. But God, you never change. And God, you are who you are, and you are a good, good, good God, Lord. And so um, thank you for all of the things tonight, Lord. Thank you for Lisa and the Word. Thank you for Desiree, Lord, just sharing and worship, and our, our special ladies and the panel, Lord. May we leave here, God, just um, lifting up your name on high, in Jesus' name. Amen.